0: Well, good morning, Rethink Life. You guys doing good today? All right, all right. Hey, do me a favor. Let's give those watching us right now just a round of applause and thank them for being a part of our worship experience. We love you guys and appreciate you being a part of what God's doing right here. And, uh, man, this has been an amazing weekend. This is going to be an exciting day as well. Uh, Typically on the first uh, weekend of every month, we always have a lot going on that's very impactful. One of those actually took place yesterday. It's our annual serve day. And of course, we get together on the first saturday of every month and we gather and we pray but we also go out and serve but this one's a little different in the fact that our life groups are the ones who really initiate this whole endeavor of going into our city just to be the light of christ and to be the hope um to so many people just to uh, meet people where they are to meet needs and to serve we come alongside some of our ministry partners and and didn't really just our life groups just get creative we had uh, free car washes and people giving away free hot dogs and um just doing all kinds of different uh, acts of kindness and service to people and uh, going to nursing homes and uh, retirement communities and just loving on people. And it's just been awesome to see what God has done. And I just want to say to all of our life group leaders and all of those that are involved in our life groups how much we are so um, thankful for you, so proud of how God used you just to be the hands and the feet to make an awesome, awesome difference. So let's give them a round of applause. And that's truly... The church being the church, just being out there and making a difference in such an awesome way. And then also, as you just witnessed in the video a second ago... Uh, next weekend, actually starting Thursday, Thursday night, um, is our At The Movie series. We've never done this in the history of our church, and we are so excited about it. It's going to be an incredible opportunity. Next to Christmas and Easter, this was probably going to be the easiest invite you'll ever, ever have. So let me just encourage you to get some of these invite cards. They look like tickets. So you don't have to pay to come. All you got to do is just give this out to your friends, okay? But everybody gets free popcorn, and Coke's going to get an amen. So uh, listen, you're going to have an awesome time. Make sure you get... These out into the community and to co workers and people that you know. And let's believe, God, that uh, over the course of these four weeks, as we journey together, where, we're, where church and movies meet, we're going to come together and learn um, really just some powerful things that God wants to teach us. We're basically, it's, it's many, in many respects, it's modern day parables like Jesus used. And uh, so we told stories, but he used those stories to, to integrate spiritual truth into our hearts and into our lives. And we're doing the exact same thing, so I hope that you'll join us. Well, it's going to be, um, I believe, um, perhaps one of the most impactful um, series that we've ever done. And I just want to encourage you to pray for that as well. Well, today is the conclusion of our series called Frequency. We've been learning how to cut through the noise and... And really hear the voice of God. And uh, there's been a theme verse that we've used, and I want to share it with you once again in John chapter 10, where Jesus is basically referring to himself as the shepherd and his followers as his sheep. And he makes a very powerful, powerful statement as it relates to his voice, beginning in John chapter 10, verses 2 through 5, where Jesus said, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. And the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I love that. He leads them out from where they don't need to be and ultimately into the place that he desires for them to be. And when he has brought them out all his own, he, he goes out, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because, notice carefully, they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. That's been our prayer from the beginning is that God would take um, his word and he'll use his word to, to help guide us and navigate us. In fact, we'll be so in tune to God's frequency that we'll know his voice above all of the voices will know the voice of God and we'll be able to cut through the noise that serves us. Any competing voice or distraction, we want to be able to know the voice of God. Because if we're, if we're not careful, other people's opinions and you know, and popular opinions and, and other voices can perhaps lure us or lead us into places that God never intended for us to go. For example, uh, how many of you ever been to New York City before? Well, I've been to New York City, probably have a lot of you that are from, from New York City. A number number of years ago, I got to go to New York for the very first time, and uh, we wanted to take in all these different things, and uh, of course, one specific place that Michelle wanted to go was this place called Chinatown. How, ma- how many of you have ever been to Chinatown before? Well, if you've ever been to Chinatown, you know, it's kind of unique for all the little shops. they got these little hole-in-the-wall, you know, little retail stores. And, but they got all the vendors out there. You know, they're all out there, you know, kind of hustling you. And, uh, you know, so they're selling their, their um, what they call their, their Folklies, you know, or, you know, their their bands or, you know, their Feazies, you know. They're all the knockoffs, you know what I'm saying. And so they're out there, and I learned real quick, you know, because they're, you you know, they're, they're hustling you, trying to get you to come into their store, and uh, I learned very quickly, the last thing you want to do is make eye contact with them, because if you make eye contact, I mean, it's over, and so I could sense there was this one dude who was checking me out. He was watching me, watching me, and I was doing everything I could to not look at him. I could just sense he was staring at me, and sure enough, what did I do? I looked at him, and the moment we made eye contact, here's what he did. He goes, So all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, and so I said, come on, let's go check this out. So Michelle and I, we went into this guy's store, and it's already, you know, a little sketchy, you know, so you walk in, and they got those little beaded curtains, you know, so you kind of go into the little beaded curtains, and they're taking you back into the unknown. You're like, where is this dude taking me? And it's, it, it, so all of a sudden, you go back into this little room, and sure enough, that's where it all is. You know, all of the fake purses and the fake luggage and the fake shoes and the fake jewelry. And all of a sudden, he's got another special place that he wants to take you to. And that's like the exclusive deals, you know what I'm saying? And so, what happens in life, if we're not careful, is we can find ourselves listening to all the knockoff advice, the knockoff opinions of what other people might say, of what popular culture might tell us. But what we're missing is the genuine, authentic voice of God. And we got to know that when God speaks, it's His voice that's actually speaking. And so the big question is, is how do you know? We've, we've learned over the last couple of weeks as it relates to what God Ultimately, desires for our hearts, we must first and foremost have a prepared heart. We learned that week one, if we 're ever going to really hear the voice of God, we 've got to have the right kind of heart and be prepared. talked about the different soils. Week two last week, we talked about the importance of um, really meeting the criteria and the kind of the requirements, if you will, to, for God to even to even speak to us. And so last weekend, we talked about the importance of those three things. And then today, what I want to do is just kind of help you understand how to really discern the difference between, you know, popular opinion, what other people say, the other voices out there as relates to comparing that with the actual voice of God. In First John chapter four, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, it says these words, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. For there are, for there are many false prophets in the world. So what the scripture is teaching us, what John is saying is that, hey, don't just listen to everybody. There's going to be a lot of people who claim to have the right answer for this and who, 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 who will try to convince you that their opinion is right. But how do you filter that? How do you put people through the test? Well, there are four questions that I believe that every person ought to ask themselves, they help kind of cut through the noise to discern whether it's truly the voice of God. And if you take a note, so I'm going to encourage you to jot these down. Number one, does it line up with the Bible? So vitally important. Does it line up with the Bible? What's interesting, in Jesus' life, when he uh, first got started in his public ministry... Uh, one of the things he did is he went and fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40, night, 40 nights. And what's interesting is that he was at a very vulnerable, weak place in his life physically because he'd fasted and prayed. Well, the enemy, Satan, knew that, and so he tried to take advantage of it. And what did he do? He tried to tempt Jesus. In fact, he tried to convince Jesus that if, if Jesus would just yield and submit and follow his ways, that you know, he made all these promises to Jesus. But instead, what did Jesus do? he responded with the response of it is written it is written or in other translations the scriptures say the scriptures say so four times jesus countered the the statements of the evil one with the statement it is written and what we have to do is we have to ask ourselves the question hey is this piece of advice is this counsel Is this opinion from these other voices, is it in alignment with the Word of God? It's so vitally important. And I think, unfortunately, for a lot of folks, they don't always necessarily take the Word of God into consideration when it comes to following advice. Listen, just because something is accepted doesn't mean that it's right or true. We live in a world today that people just kind of, naive with, with, with a sense of naivety, they, they kind of buy in to what culture says. So a lot of people will think, well, if it's socially acceptable and it's morally acceptable, then it must be acceptable. No, just because something is acceptable when it comes from a moral or social point of view doesn't necessarily mean that it's right or true. We have to ask ourselves the question, does it line up? with the Bible. I love what the scripture says in Luke 21 verse 33, heaven and earth will pass away, but Jesus said, but my words will never pass away. In other words, let me tell you something, the Bible is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's always true, it's always relevant, and we can always bank on it, and that's why we always need to run it through the filter is the voice Is the opinion, is the counsel, is the advice, is it in agreement? Does it line up, is it consistent with the word of God? Number two is this. Will it make me more like Christ? Will it make me more like Jesus? So if somebody's offering an opinion, or you're seeking wisdom from someone, is what they're telling you, or what they're advising you to do, is it going to lead you into becoming more and more like Jesus in your life? How many of you have ever heard, just curious, of the uh, bracelet that has, or the t-shirt, you probably have seen it, that has the initials WWJD? How many of you actually have one of those? WWJD, you got, maybe got it on, you got the t-shirt, got the bracelet. Um, we all know what it stands for. What does it stand for? What would, what would Jesus do? That's a great question that we ought to remind ourselves with when it comes to listening to perhaps the counsel, or the advice, or the opinions, or if we find ourselves standing at the fork of the road, and we're trying to make this decision, maybe about a relationship, or maybe about this financial decision, or maybe this job situation, or or maybe with this group of friends, okay, well, what would Jesus do? A lot of us, we know that, we just don't always follow that. That's why I love what I was talking with... um, Pastor Chad and Pastor Connor, the other day, because both of them wear one of those WWJD bracelets, and they introduced me to a whole different kind of bracelet that I'd never heard of or seen seen before. It's one of these memes. Check this out. It actually should say, J-W-P-N-H-G-H-I-T-S-I-T-P-F. Jesus would probably not have gotten himself into this situation in the first place. (laughs) So, That's what we really need to be thinking about, is what would Jesus do? Is this decision going to allow me to become more like Christ? I love what Philippians 2, 5, Paul said it like this. In your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. And then here's something I think is so vitally important. In James, it teaches us, in James chapter 3, that when you're listening to people, if someone's offering you their advice... Maybe sharing their opinion. And by the way, have you ever noticed how people love to share their opinions? We all have an opinion. We're all entitled to an opinion. Doesn't necessarily mean that our opinion is right. But we all have an opinion, don't we? But you know what James says? James says it like this. But the wisdom from above is first of all, notice carefully, pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at times. And willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy. And the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism. And is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers. Will plant seeds of peace. And reap a harvest of righteousness. I love that. So you can always know. Whether someone is actually speaking godly. Wise counsel into your life. Their demeanor. Their voice, their life, their testimony is going to be consistent with the person of Jesus Christ. They're going to think and they're going to act like Jesus himself. And so think about that, because it's important. That's how we know and understand and recognize the voice of God. First and foremost, does it line up with the Bible? Number two, does it make me more like Jesus, more like Christ? And number three, does godly counsel agree? Does godly counsel agree? This is so vitally important. It's important that you seek other people's wisdom, but you got to make sure you're seeking the right kind of advice and counsel. I never forget, it was literally a year ago when we were uh, in the process of praying through and potentially uh, entering into a contract on the purchase and acquisition of nearly 15 acres of land uh, there in the Lake Nona community um, that would serve ultimately as a permanent place that we could build a uh, A future permanent um, church upon, and before we even went that far the the, the process really went like this. I went to um, our board members and began to really just process it with them one of the things we begin to evaluate we begin to look at the timing before anything else we you know my question was is it the right time in light of where we've been as a 17 year old church and everything that we've had to endure and where we are right now and where we where we know that God is calling us to be and where he's calling us to go and what he's calling us to do knowing all of these things is it the right timing and consistently they were all saying now is the time it could not be a more strategic time, then now we need to do it now. We need to take the proactive steps now. Everybody's in agreement with that. I went to some, some people outside of our church, wanted to kind of seek their advice. I went to my mentor, fellow by the name of Dr. Jim Henry, godly, godly man, great pastor here in this city. He's done this multiple times. Went to him, pastor, do you think this is the right time? Is this the right moment? Is this the right step? All in agreement. And then I went to people who, because this was not you know in my wheelhouse, wheelhouse, I went to people who were experts in this area, began to seek their counsel, went to developers, and went to engineers, went to planners, we talked to city officials, we talked to county officials, we talked to people in finance, we talked to people in fundraising, we talked to everybody, and they all were in a unanimous agreement that now is the time, this is the right thing to do, these are the proactive steps that you need to take. So with that kind of consensus and agreement... We took the step of faith to do something. Now, here's what I want you to understand. It's one thing to take take a step of faith blindly without any wise counsel. But when you take a step of faith and it's consistent with the agreement of wise counsel, what that does is it gives you peace and it gives you confidence that what you're doing is the right thing, even though the end result may not end up the way that you thought it was going to go. And here's the reason why that's so important. Because if you take a step of faith without seeking wise counsel and things don't go right, then that's where we end up having to reap the consequences. But sometimes when you take a step of faith and obedience and you've sought the right kind of counsel and the answer may not be what you'd hoped, it might be God's way of saying, Hey, I'm not saying no, it's just that I'm not saying now. And it might be God's way of saying, you know what, I've got a better plan. There is a better place. There's a better opportunity that I'm lining up. And so what I initiate, what God initiates, he orchestrates. And we have to be willing to be obedient and be patient and be open to what God sees best because his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are greater than our thoughts, and guess what? God may still come good on the original plan, but it's going to be according to his plan, and according to his time, and according to his way, and you know what? When you're seeking counsel, then it makes it a lot easier for everybody to be in alignment with ultimately doing what's going to honor God. And so when it comes to maybe a marriage relationship, when it comes to Maybe a relationship that you're in that maybe in your heart of hearts, in your spirit, you know that perhaps this relationship is not the kind of God-honoring relationship maybe you should be a part of. Maybe you're dating someone, and maybe where you are in this relationship with that person maybe is not the best place for you to be spiritually or even morally. If you're seeking godly counsel, and everybody's in agreement with that, if you say, well, the heck with you, I'm going to do this anyway because this is how I feel, you may end up in a place that God never intended for you to be. It same applies to a financial situation. Whatever situation or context you might find yourself in, you've got to make sure you surround yourself by godly counsel and there is a spirit of agreement. And here's the reason why. Because in Proverbs 11 verse 14 says, Where there is no wise, intelligent guidance... The people fall and go off course like a ship without a home. But in the abundance of wise, and notice carefully, and godly counselors, there is victory. I love that. Wise and godly counsel. We all know people who are smart and they're wise and they have a lot of experience in different areas. And it's good to seek their advice, but they may not necessarily be godly. You have other people, on the other hand who are godly, I mean godly spiritual people, but they may not be the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to other practical areas over here. So you got to have both. you got to have godly and wise counsel to help you make sure that you're making the wise decisions and you're hearing the true voice of God. Number four is this, do I have peace? Do I have peace? So important. The reason why that's so important is because sometimes when you're taking that step of faith into the unknown, you're following God's plan, and you really sense that what you're doing is, uh, is honoring and obeying Him, it sometimes is very difficult and can be challenging because a lot of times it requires us to step outside of our comfort zone. And so what we have to do is we have to say, you know what, God, if this is really your plan and your your will and your timing, then God, give me peace. God, give me peace. And here's why that's so important. Because the scripture says it like this. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of what? But of peace. But of peace. God wants to give you a spirit of peace. He wants to guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus, Philippians Teaches us so we don't have to be anxious or stressed out or worried about things. Because when we're following God's plan and His purpose, when we do what we talked about last week, when we have a humble spirit, we have an obedient heart, and we have a sensitive ear, when we hear that gentle whisper, and then we step out in faith, guess what God gives us in return? He gives us that peace knowing that what we're doing is His plan and His will and His purpose. Because God has a good, He has a pleasing, and He has a perfect will for our lives. And so those are four important questions that we have to ask ourselves. Does it line up with the Bible? Will it make me more like Jesus? And does godly counsel agree? And do I have peace? So those are four things that we need to kind of run through the test, if you will, when it comes to really understanding the voice of God and whether or not we're truly hearing the voice of God. So what do you do? What are, what, are, what are the action steps? What do we do now that we understand that? Well, there are three things. And number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Very quickly, we have to tune in to God every day. got to tune in to God every day. You can't just, just kind of check in on Christmas and Easter and a couple times a year when you're going through a difficult time and say, okay, God, I need to hear from you. No, we got to tune in every day. We've got to cut through the noise. We've got to to tune into His frequency. We've got to be in alignment with Him. And how do we do that? We do that by simply spending time with God. I love what John 10 verse 4 says, the original passage we opened up with. Jesus said, when He gets them all out, He leads them and they follow. Why? Because they are familiar with His voice. I could call you on your cell phone and I could just simply say three letters, hey, hey, And you would probably have that awkward pause for a moment. And you would think, it's for Horses. And you'd hang up. But I could call my wife, Michelle. And I could say, hey. And she'd probably respond and say, what do you need? And the reason why is because she knows my voice. She's heard my voice for over 27 years in marriage. She knows my voice. If she calls me and she says, Hey. I say, hey, baby, what's up? I know her voice. I know her voice. And if we want to know God's voice... If we want to have a sensitive ear to the voice of God, if we want to tune in to his frequency, then we've got to spend time with him. If you want to know the voice of God, then spend personal time with God. Because the more you get to know God, the more you're going to get to know his voice. And you're going to get to know his will. How do you know his will? By spending time in his word. You want to know God's will? Spend time in God's word. You want to know God? Spend time in his word. You want to know God's voice? Spend time in his word. Tune in to God, every day, it's so vitally important. Number two is this. We have to tune out things that oppose God. Tune out those things that oppose God. We're, uh, as a family, we're getting ready for a wedding. We're just a couple of weeks away, three weeks away, I think, something like that. It's crazy. I'm still pinching myself. can't believe this is actually happening to me. I never thought this day would actually happen. (laughs) And it's happening, whether I want it to or not. It's actually happening. And, um, it seems like it literally was just the other day, my oldest, my daughter Rebecca, she was in that car seat stage and phase of her life, and, uh, you know, when the kids get to be around two, three years of age, they start challenging you, don't they? And, uh, and so... They're cute, you know, and they can cuddle, and you can hold them, and they're they're precious and cute when they're just learning to crawl and just learning to to walk around. But but then they hit those twos, and then then they hit those threes, and it's like it's a whole new ball game. And so I'll never forget she was in the car seat, and I told her not to do something, and of course at that age, now all of a sudden if They are hearing you tell them not to do something. Then they have a mind of their own, and they've decided, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. And so I will never forget, first time she challenged me, and I was telling her something. She's strapping her to car seat in the back seat in her little car seat. I'm looking at her in the rearview mirror, and I said, Rebecca, do not do that. And here's what she did. Man, I was about to pull my car off on the side of the road and (laughs) apply the board of understanding to the seat of knowledge. (laughs) But you know what? We need to do the same thing she did. We need to tune out those things that oppose the voice of God in our lives. It's so vitally important, so vitally important. And listen, we, we're exposed to so much. Man, social media and Facebook and Twitter and you twit face and all that stuff. We've got to cut through the noise. And we've got to tune out those things that oppose God. I love what John 10, 5 says. Jesus said, they won't follow a stranger's voice, but will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. I love that. You know, I pray that our ear becomes so sensitive to the voice of God, and we're so tuned into His frequency, that anything that causes us to have a check in our spirit, anything that we sense that's inconsistent with the Word of God, anything that opposes the truth, no matter how popular it is, how acceptable it is, if it opposes God, then I don't want it. I don't want to be associated with it, I don't want to be identified with it. I want to know His voice, and I want to follow His plan and His purpose. And then the third thing is this, when it comes to taking those steps, we have to tune in to God every day, we have to tune out things that oppose God, and then we have to take steps toward what God has spoken. I love what the scripture says in John 10, verse 27. Jesus said, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And they follow me. So my question to you is this. What is it that you know in your heart God has already spoken to you about? Maybe there are some specific things that you know in your heart that he has already told you you need to do or you should be doing. And you've yet to do it. Maybe, going back to the relationship I was talking about, maybe that you're in the middle of right now. Maybe you're in a a dating relationship with someone. And maybe that relationship is not where it is supposed to be when it comes to the kind of relationship that truly honors and glorifies God. That is a part of his good and pleasing and perfect will. What is it that God is speaking to you? Maybe it's time to go your separate ways. For some of you, maybe you're standing in the fork of the road. And you're trying to decide this direction or that direction. Maybe you've already heard from God, but you're resisting it. Maybe it's the fear of failure. Maybe it's the fear of the unknown. You, you don't like the thought of stepping out into something that you're not familiar with. It's taking you into a place that completely takes you out of your comfort zone. And now all of a sudden you're intimidated, you're overwhelmed, and maybe you're, you're just fearful of that. But God has already told you, this is my plan, this is my purpose. You've got to trust me, you've got to be willing to step out in faith. Maybe it's time to let go and let God take control. You need to stop Trying and start trusting in this particular area of your life. You know, it could be little things related to your spiritual relationship with God. It could be something like today. Today being Baptism Sunday. Some of you in this room that are listening to my voice, listen. You know God's Word already teaches us and tells us that baptism is an outward expression of an inward change that takes place in a person's heart. It is the first step in obedience to Christ after our salvation is to follow through in water baptism. And for some of you, maybe you've never done that. Well, today you can actually do that. We're going to be baptizing some folks here in just a second. And after our service, you can get baptized today. So well, I didn't bring anything. We have everything that you could possibly need. We have T-shirts, we have towels, we have all the underclothing. We have everything that you need. It's just a matter of you saying yes to the voice of God. Some of you here today, you know, it's time to start trusting God in the area of giving. You trust God for your salvation. You trust God for forgiveness. You trust God for your eternity. But for some of us, we won't trust God with our finances when it comes to honoring God with what already belongs to Him. And that's the tithe. Giving one-tenth, just 10% of what we earn. You say, that's overwhelming. That's what God teaches. And that's not the ceiling, that's the floor. He wants us to be generous, but we got to be willing to let go and understand that God is going to take care of us. And if we'll trust Him, He'll do that. so, So for some of us here today, maybe that's what we need to do. We need to... Right here on the first day, of the first week of the month, we need to give God our first, give God our best, and trust Him to meet the needs of the rest of those details of our lives. Listen, I can't speak for you as it relates to what area in your life, spiritually, relationally, morally, financially, whatever it might be that God has already spoken to you about. But if He's speaking, maybe that gentle whisper that still small voice is God's gentle nudge because he loves you and he just wants to have a more intimate relationship with you it's God's way of saying step out and trust me in this step out and trust me in this for some of you maybe you made a commitment to give over and above to our landmark initiative well guess what we're still pursuing it we're still pursuing we're pursuing our future Be faithful. We have folks every single week, every month that are continuing to be faithful in that. And that just moves us one step closer. Let's just be faithful to do the very things that God has already told us to do. And let's watch God do amazing things in us and through us to advance His purposes and to bring honor and glory to His name. Amen? Let's cut through the noise and let's tune in. To the frequency of God let's bow our heads together in prayer